More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, trust me, when trust is damaged, it's hard to know how to build back or even if it's safe to. Has someone broken your trust? Let us help you heal. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled, Trust Me, as we talk about those times when trust is damaged. And it's hard to know how to build it back or even if it's safe to. Has someone broken your trust? You know, maybe they've disappointed you or let you down in some small way, or perhaps they've broken a promise or didn't follow through on something they said they do. Maybe they've committed a more serious breach of trust and you feel betrayed uh, or they've hurt you in some way. How do you rebuild broken trust? How do you know if it's even safe to try? And how can you be sure you can trust that person again? We want to help you answer those questions and find a way to heal your heart and those damaged relationships where possible. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. And we'll help you answer those questions of trust. This is probably one of the scariest things for most of us. You know, a lot of us have had our trust in someone damaged at some point, and especially if that was happening when you were a child, it can lead to a lot of different reactions in us. We can find it hard to trust anybody. We can easily land on high alert whenever we're in any kind of, of relationship situation with somebody and it causes us to never really trust anybody or not trust a particular kind of person. For others of us, learning that we can't trust everybody kind of comes as a slap in the face where we've been going along just fine. We think, you know, everything's great. We can, we've trusted our family. We've trusted other people. And then someone in our lives a romantic relationship, a best friend, somebody we really valued, does something that just cuts to our heart. And we suddenly think, I didn't realize this was going to happen. And how do I know now who I can trust and who I can't? Can I trust myself and my own intuition and my own instincts? Am I meant to trust anybody? Or is Satan just hiding behind every tree? The questions come up that are very, very near and dear to our hearts and our souls, 
And we need to find those answers. But we also have to find the answers of, can we rebuild this relationship? Is this just part and parcel of being fallen people and we just forgive and move on? Or do we have to do particular things to be able to rebuild that relationship, to trust again? What if we can't? Is that okay as a Christian to not be able to be in a relationship with somebody? All those questions can eat away at us, steal our energy, and really occupy too much of our mind and space for us to even feel healthy and in touch with the Holy Spirit. If you've got anything going on in your life where you don't trust somebody else, your trust has been betrayed, maybe you're not trusting yourself so much these days, and you need some good skills, some grace from God, and some good encouragement, we are here for you today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. And again, we're talking about trust on our show titled Trust Me and looking at those questions related to healing damaged trust and knowing whether it's even safe to try. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave us a series of reflections on creation salvation history, scripture, and showed how those things point to God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that we are made for love and that our greatest mission in life is to build and actively participate in a community of love. Trust is the quality that makes this possible. Ultimately, Trust represents our assessment of another person's ability to be consistently loving. That is to consistently work for our good. Not just when they feel like it or when it's easy, but every day, unconditionally. You know, research shows that uh, people who are trustworthy have three qualities. First, they do what they say they're going to do. They have the ability to follow through on things. Secondly, they, ha- they, they consistently work for our good, um, and even when it's difficult. And thirdly, they try really hard not to give offense in the first place, but they have the integrity to correct themselves or be easily corrected when they occasionally behave in an unloving or offensive manner. A lack of trust makes it impossible to build an authentically loving relationship because in the absence of trust, you can't assume that the loving actions or attitude that a person displays in one moment will be present in the next. Trust is the quality that allows us to focus on giving ourselves to each other instead of having to focus on protecting ourselves from each other. And so those individuals who are able to do what they say they're going to do, who consistently work for our good even when it's hard or it inconveniences them or makes them uncomfortable, and who try hard not to give offense in the first place but are easily corrected or even correct themselves when they do, those are the folks that we can trust. Uh, And those are the qualities we look for in a trustworthy person. Unfortunately, what we'll often do is give away trust because we think it's owed to somebody because of a particular title they have or a role that they play in our Mm -hmm. lives. Um, And then they let us down because they haven't earned that trust. They haven't shown us that they have those three skills. Uh, and then we end up asking ourselves, well, is, have, did I give that trust away 
in an unhealthy way? Did I? What do I need to do to earn it back? Is it even safe to? But but these criteria help us get a sense of of what we what it takes to trust somebody in the first place or rebuild that trust when it's been lost. But let's help you find those specific ways to rebuild trust. 877-573-7825. Has someone you care about damaged or broken your trust? Whether in big ways or small ways, maybe they've disappointed you or let you down. Perhaps they've broken a promise or didn't follow through on something they said they'd do. Maybe they've committed a more serious breach of trust and betrayed you in some way or hurt you. How can you rebuild broken trust? How do you know it's even safe to try? And how can you be sure you can trust somebody again? I mean, we've talked about these, these qualities that a trustworthy person has, but, but how do you really know whether that, whether that person you're trying to trust has those qualities or not? We want to help you answer those questions and find a way to heal your heart and perhaps mend that broken relationship as well. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. And we'll look at all those questions of trust. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll take in your, start taking your calls and questions here on More to Life. In the name of the Father, Father and, and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those people and situations where our trust has been damaged, those relationships where someone has let us down, those situations where we feel betrayed or hurt by someone we cared about, Help us, Lord, to know how to trust and how to rebuild trust when it's safe. Help us to work for each other's good, to have the integrity to correct our offenses, to have the ability to follow through on things, and help us to fill our lives with those people who are capable of those things so that we can create those communities of love that your servant St. John Paul reminded us that we are made for but are impossible without trust. Give us the wisdom compassion and the love that we need to truly trust in healthy ways in the first place and to rebuild trust where it's possible through your grace we ask all of this through the intercession of the blessed virgin mary and in the name of the father the the son and the the holy Holy spirit Spirit. Amen. amen pope saint john paul the great pray for us today on more to life we're talking about trust and those times when trust is damaged how do we build it back uh, is it even safe to how do we know let's talk it out at 877-573-7825 again that number 877-573-7825 let's talk now with greg who's listening to ewtn radio in nebraska on spirit catholic radio hi greg welcome to more to life what can we do for you good morning Thank you for taking my call. I'm calling from beautiful Omaha, Nebraska today. Oh, lovely so, there. What can we do for you today, Greg? All right. So I, I am deeply involved in my faith here, and I was in the Lincoln Diocese also. And my, my question is surrounding trust. And I, I am a man of my word. And when I say yes, I mean yes. When I say no, I mean no. And I'm very interested in being involved in two very powerful apostolates that are happening in the Omaha area. Mm -hmm. The one in particular, and in just in life, people are 
undependable and they make promises and commitments. For instance, I'll call you back and they don't. And I I guess, you know, on a, on a practical level, how do you deal with that? But on a spiritual level, how do you deal with that? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, so, I mean, it's it's a pretty broad question. I mean, the the, the reality is, you know, the, the people often uh, don't follow through with the things they say they're going to do. And, and that's, you know, what it comes down to is you, you can't trust them, right? So the, the point is that, that you know, in, in time, people reveal themselves to you as to whether they, you know, whether and how much they can be in your life, right? So, you know, imagine, you know, uh, imagine a target, right? And, and you're in the middle of the target and you, and the concentric circles around that middle represent how close you can allow people to you. Um, you know, the people on the furthest circle, those are people that you maybe can't trust very much. They might be fun to hang out with. They might be, you know, nice people. Uh, if they happen to show up for something, you're glad they're there. But you, you know, can't count on them to follow through on things. You can't even count on them necessarily to call you back. You know, and, and, and so you, you, you have to decide um, where people are going to be on that on that target, if you will, uh, based on how much they display those qualities that enable you to be, enable them to be a trustworthy person. You know, so as I said, those three qualities are number one, do they have the ability to follow through? Secondly, you know, do they consistently work for your good uh, or the, the, the good of the project you're working on if you're an apostolate, for example? You know, um, do, they, do, they, do they show up uh, even when it's inconvenient for them? And then thirdly, do they have integrity where they try not to give offense in the first place? Um, or if they do give offense, they e- they're easily uh, corrected, you know, and, and apologetic, or they self-correct. Um, and so, you know, those three qualities determine how close you let somebody be. You know, you, you don't have to go on a warpath and condemn somebody who, who doesn't, you know, call you back when they say they're going to. Um, but it, it gives you information about how much you can rely on them and how much uh, you can actually, you know, uh, allow, them, how, allow them to be in your inner circle, if you will. Um, and and the, the problem we run into often is where we say, uh, because, you know, like you said, Greg, you're a man of your word, we, we assume everybody else is too. And they say, well, I will do X, you know, and then they consistently don't do X, and then we get mad at them because, well, they said they would. And, and then I keep putting them in the position of doing X, and then they don't do it, and then I get more and more mad at them. We, we have to make sure that we're setting boundaries with those people who say it. And, and so, for instance... You know, if, if you are making plans with somebody who doesn't consistently follow through, you need to say, well, what's my backup plan for when they don't show up? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, if, uh, I, we're going to go to a movie and I, they say I'm going to go with they say they're going to come with me. Well, I'm going to invite another person along just in case they don't show up. You know, or I'm going to have something else that I know I really want to do so I won't feel, you know, like I've lost out because I like them. I like spending time with them. I can't always count on them to follow through, so it won't hurt as badly if I just sort of predict who they are and make another backup plan. Or if you're working in an apostolate, you know, and you have a, you're working on a particular project, and you know, so and so says they're going to show up on thus and such a day, when you know consistently they haven't shown up before, you don't have to be mean about it. You could just kind of check it in your brain and say, well, I, I can't count on them to show up, so I need to get at least you know one or two other people who I know will show up, and then if they come too, great. Right. And so it's it's you, you have to really not just take a person at their word. You have to you have to look at what their actions are. Uh, and ultimately, that's what allows us to function well in a world 
full of people who don't always follow through on what they say they're going to do. So those would be my suggestions to you, Greg. If there's more that we could help you with, don't hesitate to call us back here. Uh, We'd be happy to talk through it some more. But a good question to kick things off with, and we are here to help you deal with your questions of trust today on More to Life. Our show is titled Trust Me, as we talk about those times when trust is damaged. You know, has someone you care about damaged or broken your trust? You know, maybe they've disappointed you in some small way or let you down, uh, and you're not sure whether you should bring it up or not. Maybe they broke a promise to you or didn't follow through on something they said they'd do. Or maybe it's a more serious thing. They've committed a more serious breach of trust and betrayed you or hurt you in some way, whether yeah. we're talking about infidelity uh, or a, a friend who really hurt you in the eyes of all your other friends or, you know those serious things that are hard to come back from how do you know when you can trust someone again and, and how do you know if it's even safe give us a call at 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 when we come back we're taking more of your calls plus we'll be joined by jacob flores pop he is a pastoral counseling associate with catholiccounselors.com he'll be sharing some insights on How to rebuild trust when it's damaged. Stick around for that and a whole lot more of your calls when More to Life continues after the break. He is honored as a saint, monk, and the only English-born doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Bede entered a monastery in England as a child and spent almost his entire life there teaching and writing. He was perhaps the most learned person of his era, authoring biblical commentaries and the famed ecclesiastical history of the English people. He died in 735 and was named a doctor in 1899. To find out more about the Doctors of the Church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Trust Me, as we talk about those times when trust is damaged and how to build it back or even know if it's safe to. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com and is also an artist, an illustrator, 
and a uh, co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the podcast Created Things on Arts and Faith. Hey, Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Thank you for that resume. <laughs> well, and you wanted to share some insights uh, from your counseling practice on, on how folks can rebuild trust when it's damaged. Yeah, you know, I, I've heard it described. I was actually just watching a show last night where they described the frustration after a trust has been damaged in a relationship of the person who did the hurting, just kind kind of having to put up with the the anger and the distrust of the other person until one day where that person just arbitrarily decided to give trust back and that they were over it by now. And, and unfortunately, that is the case for a lot of people. That is a lot of people's experience. And I think that's just tragic because it forces both people uh, into a really toxic situation in which neither one of them can ever really be happy or at peace. And what I recommend in order to break that down, whether we're talking about something small like, hey, my friend lied to me, or whether we're talking about something big like, hey, my partner cheated on me, is that after some kind of sincere apology has been made, you know, when you guys talk a lot very often about how to make a sincere apology where the person is actually taking responsibility and, and, and trying to understand the, the feelings of the person they hurt. But, but after that sincere apology has been made, we really want to make a concrete plan to, to, to build up trust going forward, not just to make sure the bad thing doesn't happen again, the lie or the infidelity or whatever, but, but a plan to actually uh, build up beyond that. Uh, so what I recommend concrete plans like that include is, hey, here, here are some of the ways I'm going to be showing you that I take things seriously and want to add kind of more to the emotional bank account than I took away. So, for instance, you know, if I lied to you, maybe my concrete plan says not only am I going, am I going to just, quote, unquote, not lie to you again, but I'm going to be extra honest about these other things. And you'll be able to see that I'm growing in my capacity for honesty because you'll be able to kind of see me checking in with you in honesty on these things every day, mm. right? So there's a way to kind of mark that progress. Um, another big concrete that I always recommend we include is what's going to happen when I fail, right? When, whenever there's an apology for some kind of breakdown in trust, the person will often kind of act as though, hey, I'm just never going to do it again. You just have to trust me that I'm never going to do it again. Right. But if I could, but if I could trust you that you could never do it again, then this wouldn't have happened in the first place, right? So we need to make a plan for when it happens again, what are we going to do about it, right? So if I've lied to you, right, when I'm tempted to lie to you again, what am I going to do to avoid that? That should be written down on this concrete plan. If I do fail to that temptation of lying to you again, how are we going to handle that at that time? How soon afterwards am I going to come clean to you? Right? I'm going to make these specific concrete promises with things like times. Right? You know, I'm not going to wait more than an hour after something like that happens. I will often do the same thing with people who are addicted to pornography, for instance. Right? Next time you fail, how soon is it going to be before you tell your partner that you have? Right. Mm -hmm. We need these kinds of concretes written down. Otherwise, when it happens, the person's just kind of kind of justify to themselves. Oh, well, it does not that big a deal this time. Or, oh, you know, the person was so hurt the last time I told them that, you know, if I tell them again, it's going to be so much worse. Right. We need those accountability systems put in place. Right. And then finally, we need 
other things written on that concrete list, that concrete plan, that you're going to do just to build the other person up and show them that you care. You know, in addition to being extra honest and in addition to having accountability plans for the next time I'm tempted to do blank to you, I'm also going to be doing the following A, B, and C on a regular basis to show you that I'm really invested in our relationship. And you're going to be able to see that. What that does, though, is, is it kind of turns the relationship into a partnership where the person who's done the hurting has determined this concrete plan. So essentially, they're their own boss. They're getting to see their own progress according to their own, their own system that they've set up for themselves. And the partner who they've hurt, whether that's a friend or their spouse or whoever, gets to just be kind of an accountability partner in making sure they stick to those goals, as opposed to the system I kind of described at the beginning here, where the person who's been hurt is the boss, and they're just kind of throwing their power around over the person who's done the hurting, and in doing so, kind of building up a resentment. It really empowers both people to be on the same page, working together to not just undo what's been done, but to actually build to a much more beautiful place than you were even at before. I want to thank you for sharing those insights uh, because I mean you're really presenting a very kind of clear uh, stepwise process for rebuilding trust and, and I think highlighting the importance of, of real communication between both the offender and the offended. You know, I think we can get into a place where if I'm the if I'm the hurt party to just sort of say, well, you know, I'll let you know when you've earned my trust back instead of being clear about what I need from you to, to see that I can trust you again. And then, of course, the offender needing to hear that and being willing to do those things even when they're challenging or difficult. Not an easy thing to do to rebuild trust, but, but it can be done when there's that kind of openness and honesty and that stepwise process that you're describing. Jacob, thanks so much for being with us. And if folks would like to learn more about your work, I encourage them to go to catholiccounselors.com. Thanks, and uh, have a great day. Thank you so much. All right, we are taking your calls, listeners, at 877-573-7825. We're talking about trust, and especially those times when our trust is damaged. How do we know how to build it back, or even if it's safe to try? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will be back with more of your calls about trust and rebuilding broken trust. When we come back after the break, stick around. Are you into setting goals for yourself? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Setting realistic goals is a practice we can all utilize. SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is an acronym that can help us keep our goals real. S is for specific. Narrow down your goals and make a deadline. M is for measurable. We live in a world that tracks numbers and data. Concrete numbers can help us track progress. A is for attainable. Sometimes we think too big or bite off more than we can chew. Be patient, Scripture tells us. Rome wasn't built in a day. The R is for relevant. Relevant goals can be determined through our own values. Stay dedicated to how God wired you and what you stand for. 
Finally, T. This is time-bound. Write down your timelines and deadlines to keep you on track and honest. Without these, it's hard to maintain success. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. In the church, we speak of seven gifts. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, loyalty, courage, and reverence or fear of the Lord. When I speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts come, they give you the ability to go beyond your strength. If you're struggling to be a good person, a good member of your religion, you know it's a struggle and you don't always make it. I've been at it many, many decades, and I still struggle and trip and fall and have holes in my socks. Struggling to be a good person, something that we need help at. And this help comes to us by these gifts of the Holy Spirit. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. Do you need to have an important conversation with someone? Here's a tip. Do twice as much listening as talking. Don't do it as a technique. Listen because you're genuinely interested in what the other person thinks, what motivates them, and what their goals, concerns, and needs are. Successful conversationalists may not agree with everything the other people say, but they're careful not to rush to judgment. They ask questions. They show real care and concern. They look for points of agreement to build on. They don't try to change the person they're speaking with, but they do look for ways to be a positive influence while deepening the relationship. Christians call this approach accompaniment. To learn more about being an effective listener, especially when it comes to building a better relationship with your adult kids, check out our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today's show is titled Trust Me. As we talk about those times when trust is damaged, how do we know how to build it back or even if we should try? Let's talk it out together. If someone's broken your trust, we want to help you heal. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 7825. Before we take our next call, we just want to send out a big congratulations to a longtime member of the EWTN radio family. Catholic Radio in South Carolina is celebrating their 20th year with us. They serve Greenville, Spartanburg, Greer, Charleston, and Hilton Head. So congratulations to Michael Brennan and his team from all of us at EWTN. And wherever you're listening, Make sure that you're supporting your local Catholic radio station with your prayers and also with your financial support. Let's keep Catholic radio going strong and growing stronger every day so we can be here to support you in living your faith more abundantly. With that, we are taking your calls at 877-573-7825. We're talking about trust today on More to Life. Let's talk now with Father Tom, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. Father, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you? 
Good morning. I'm not so much worried about trust, uh, um, but the the church has violated its trust, and I'm in a retired status now. I'd like to know how to go about rebuilding life and uh, mm. keeping my commitment, my commitment to celibacy, um, and um, and doing what I can to to rebuild rebuild life. Um, um, I'm I'm sorry. Could you be a little more specific about your question? I'm not sure. Like, what's the challenge that you're facing specifically here? Well, it, it's hard to be a priest, a single person, without having uh, um, good friends and being able to be close to people. So, what's you know, stopping you from retired, being able to be? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm in a retired status, and so there's there's not much that I can do. Um, you know, how would you suggest I go about rebuilding a life uh, when it seems to be broken? I guess I'm not clear on on when because most of my experience of retired priests is that they're still very active in parish ministry. What's stopping you from being able to be of service still? Well, I I'm as active as I can be uh, in prison ministry, uh, but uh, um, but that's. That's not near as active as, as I would like for it to be. All right. And, and so uh, I, what I encourage you to do is what I would encourage anybody to do is is really look at where would you like to be of service and what, what what opportunities do you have? I mean, you know, just because you're retired doesn't mean that God doesn't still have a plan for you. And I think the more you're able to be in relationship with other people, the more you're able to be involved in things to the degree that you're capable of being involved, um, I, I think that that you know that, that they need to be, um, and uh, you know unless I'm missing something here, um, then then uh, you know I, I know for a fact that there's a priest shortage and that there are yes. lots of you know parishes that still need people to hear confessions and to help with uh, you know extra masses and those sorts of things. So I I'm I I feel like I'm not getting the entire story, and unfortunately we don't have time to really delve any deeper. But my my you know basic off the cuff response to you is that there. There are lots of opportunities to serve. It's just a matter of identifying where you want to serve and going and doing that. Now, um, you know, if there's more to the story uh, that you'd like to talk about, then I'd encourage you to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. We'd be happy to talk with you. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, just because you're retired does not mean you can't be of service. And as far as, as your, you know, vow of celibacy, well, you are a priest forever. So you are very much held to that vow, even though you're not, you know, in, in particular assignment to a particular parish at the moment. Finding a good support system of brother priests, even active ones that you can still spend time with and be with, you know, developing that social network possibly of families that you can be with is going to be important, but that fully putting yourself into any service that you can do is going to be very important. Also strengthening your prayer life. So often I think our our priests are so busy, you know, doing the rituals and routines of their daily diocesan life 
that they really don't have a chance then and the time to go deeper into their own prayer life so really exploring going on different retreats getting a chance to develop a deeper interior prayer life so that you can be in, of service in that way but also be fed so that you can maintain the virtues of your life is going to be very important to that end if you don't have a spiritual director i, I really recommend that you you, you get one i just talk with your vicar for clergy for a referral for that um yeah. if you feel that you need some counseling beyond that because it sounds like you're at a crossroads in your life then i'd encourage you to seek out pastoral counseling either locally or you can contact us at catholiccounselors.com to learn more thanks so much for the call 877-573-7825 we're talking about broken trust today on more to life how do you build it back how do you know if it's even safe to let's talk it out let's talk now with rita who's listening to ewtn radio in texas on guadalupe radio hi rita welcome to more to life what's going on uh, good morning. Um, my mother passed away um, last month, and the way it happened has left me not knowing how to gain trust again with my sisters. Um, there's four of us, and I was I lived out of town where from where she was, my mother, and I went into town to oversee her care at different facilities for seven weeks and. And then I got sick and had to come home for a week. Uh, well, I was going to come for a week or two. I didn't know how long because I thought my mother was getting better. Mm. Um, and from what the doctor said, when she was released, like a week before I came home, was that, you know, her she should recover, but it was going to take time because she had been bedridden for so long. Um, and one thing that I found is that a lot of people disrespect people elderly people just because they're of their age you know my mom was 94 but she was in good health up until when she got sick and well now so rita just just so i understand you told our screener that that your sisters uh put your mom in hospice care right uh, which 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 would say that she's not in good health because you're not you're not legally allowed to be in hospice care unless you've been diagnosed with an illness that that with six months or less to live so what's what was going on there well um my mother had was bedridden and she had recovered from this stomach bacteria c diff uh, but she was all everything was functioning you know her organs everything was fine uh, they told us uh, we found out through the facility by calling the day they were going to move her that that's what they my sister had decided with my other sister and um, and now it says on our board that here that you don't feel like terminal. you can trust your sisters anymore well, because, yeah, because of this because they didn't they didn't tell it tell me that they were doing that or why they were doing that uh and and the hospice people made me and my brother believe that she was just going into this facility for like palliative care where they were going to get control of her pain and her anxiety it wasn't about her dying but then they ended up putting her on a strong drug and giving her morphine and then it shut down her body so I was just, well, it was all just a shock to me because when I left, my mother was improving. She wasn't dying. And I don't You know, know. Rita, I'm going to say this, having, having lost my own mom and, and having her on hospice care for a while. 
There is a very well-known cycle in the death cycle, especially of older people, where they appear to be getting a lot better in a very short period of time before their actual death. And it does give a lot of hope to the loved ones, which can often then make it much harder when they actually do pass. But if you talk to any hospice worker, you will see that that is the, very much a pattern in many people who are at the well, end. Well, in of fact, I, 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 in another lifetime, I used to do a lot of hospice <laughs> work, um, and that is exactly what would happen. Yeah. That, that right before the person passed, usually within a, a week or two, there was a period where they would rally uh, and seem like they were getting stronger. Uh, and often people would feel like, well, there, there's this is the this is hope they're, they're going to be healing uh, when in fact uh, it was it was just the beginning of the end and that's very painful but but you need to understand that, that hospice care um, is is for people who are dying it is palliative care specifically because there's nothing else that can be done uh, and so if a person is admitted to hospice care that means they have they've been diagnosed as having less than six months left to live that there is no medical intervention that will help them and that the only thing we can do is is ease their pain and take care of their anxiety which is exactly what happened here so i i don't know where the failure of communication happened between you and your sisters um i don't see this so much as a breach of trust as a failure of communication um, I'm not sure why you guys weren't talking to each other. Why, you know, what, what would have stopped you from checking in with your sisters regularly to find out how mom was doing, and 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 why would you know why don't you guys have the kind of relationship where you'd be talking about that? Um, that's so that's a communication issue. Um, but once that diagnosis is made and that there's nothing else that can be done, um, then, then hospice care is the appropriate thing to do. Yeah, and that is not a decision that your sisters could have made on all own. on their own. That requires the medical community to say, no, this person is requiring hospice because they are in the end of their lives. Uh, Rita, it's so easy for, for siblings to fall apart when they've lost their parent, especially if it's the last parent they have on earth. And we take out our fears and our anger and our grief on each other when this happens, I strongly encourage you to realize that this is an invitation for you to communicate more with your sisters, to heal any rifts that you have going on so that you do not lose each other long term. I understand the pain you are going through. I have lost both of my parents. It is very difficult to go through. It brings up a lot of past pain and a lot of vulnerability for us, but I strongly encourage you to go to the Lord with this. Ask for healing. Ask your mother who has moved on to her life in Christ to pray for you and your sisters so that you can you can be close to each other. You can remain a family and you can heal any rifts that are going on right now, which are unfortunately very common when we've lost a parent. Don't let this sh shred your family apart. You know, a, a, a failure to communicate isn't solved by less communication, which, is, which is really what you're doing at this point, Rita. I, I would really encourage you to work hard to get past that uh, anger that you feel toward your sister's um, and begin building relationship with them so that you can be the family that I'm sure your mother wants you to be even now. Thanks you. Thank you so much for the call. 877-573-7825. We are talking with you today about damaged trust. How do we rebuild it? Do we know if it's even safe? How do you know whether someone is trustworthy or not? 
877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You know, it's important to keep in mind, you know, that when we are, when we experience that broken trust in our relationships, to bring it to the Lord first and ask him what he would have us do. How could we respond to this situation in a way that will glorify him, that will help us be our best selves and work for the ultimate good of the relationship. And in some cases that means setting boundaries because the person isn't trustworthy and it's not fair to them to keep putting them in a situation where they're going to repeatedly fail. But other times when, like we were talking about with Jacob in his segment earlier, when that person is truly sorry and outlining a very clear stepwise process for healing, then we need to work with them. But bringing the situation to the Lord first will always help us know what the right thing to do might be. Give us a call at 877-573-7825, and let's talk about those situations where trust has been broken in your relationships, and how do we respond gracefully. 877-573-7825. More to life. We'll be back with your calls in just a minute. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Beatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. 
Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we're talking about healing broken trust. Who's our next caller, Lisa? We're talking with Andra, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Andra. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question? Hi. So um, I struggle with trust. Um, I was married for 10 years, and... um, my ex-husband was, um, we went through infidelity multiple times and, you know, every time it was confront, he was confronted, he was, you know, sorry, he wouldn't do it again. Well, this went on and on. So finally we, um, divorced and it has really, um, affected me in, trusting myself and trusting others. I have a hard time believing, you know, when someone says, you know, they're going to do something and I'm automatically thinking, yeah, you know, are you really, or I don't trust myself that I'm going Mm. to find, that I can find someone that is going to be honest and, and faithful. Under, can I ask you, you know, uh, even let's take it off the romantic uh, question for just a second. Would you say that you have friends in your life that are trustworthy, or is that something you struggle with as well? Um, no, I do. I okay. do. And, and, and so how do you know you can trust them? Um, because they do what they say. They, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, to... A certain degree. I mean, we all have things that, you know, you say you're going to call me back, things happen. I mean, it's not like that, but right, right. they're there for you, I guess. That's right. That well, and that's the, so it's, and the reason I ask that is because it's the same thing with, with a romantic partner. You know, um, we sometimes have a tendency to think of, uh, you know, friends as separate from somebody who we're in a romantic relationship with. But really, uh, a romantic relationship is just a different kind of friendship. It's a deeper kind of friendship, right? And it should only be extended to somebody who has shown themselves capable of showing up for us, right? So that it's not just a matter of I'm attracted to this person or they seem like a nice person to hang out with. It's, you know, I see this person has consistently shown that they have the ability to do what they say they're going to do. They go out of the way. They go out of their way to work for my good, even when it's difficult for them or inconvenient for them. And they have the integrity to not give offense in the first place, or if they do occasionally do something that's hurtful or offensive, they either self-correct uh, or they're easily corrected, as opposed to somebody who is not trustworthy, who doesn't do what they say they're going to do, who only works for our good when it's convenient for them and it benefits them and we happen to benefit too, or doesn't have integrity where they, they don't admit what they've done or they don't, they, they don't care if they give offense, they just care about not getting caught. Uh, and they don't, uh, uh, and they don't uh, follow through on what they do, what they say they're going to do to heal. You know, it, it seems to me that that you do have a good criteria for friends, but you haven't applied that to your other relationships, and that's what you really need to be looking for, um, making sure that you're cultivating a real friendship with with a man before you would date him, and 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 really let him show you that he's capable of showing up for you, that he's capable of not giving offense, or when he does, self-correcting or being easily corrected, that he's capable of working for your good consistently. And when that person has shown you that they can do that, then it's time to possibly pursue a romantic relationship with that person, but not before. Uh, we again, you know, our tendency is to sort of 
divorce our idea of uh, romantic relationships from friendships, but the same things that, that work for healthy friendships, which you say you have, work for romantic relationships. And if you can trust yourself to have good friends that are trustworthy, you can trust yourself to choose a, a, a better man by making sure that you choose a man who's a friend first. Thanks so much for the call, and if there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us again. But that's that, that criteria is going to really help with all of those things. Let's, right. let's talk now with Linda, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio. Hi, Linda. We've only got a couple of minutes, so I'm just going to summarize this here really quickly. You told our screener that uh, you have a family member who stopped talking to you during Easter, um, that you actually moved to uh, Ohio to be near that person, but uh, something happened where um, you, 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 well, you tell us. What, what's the short version here of, of what happened that, that caused her to stop speaking to you? Okay, I'll give the short version. Um, my daughter, uh, oh, I see daughters, two of them are at each other's neck all the time. I haven't talked for two or three years. I started talking to the divorced one, that the oldest one who's now pushed me out of her life, uh, is upset with me because I'm in relationship mm. with my second, the one that has a divorce. So mm-hmm. I have attempted so many times to get a hold of her, to text her, to apologize, to humble myself. What would you she apologize for? Like Why would you I, apologize for having a relationship with your other daughter? No, I just, and that's the thing, I've tried to just keep it between us. Hey, if there's something going on, if I've hurt you as a mother, if I'm not been a grandmother, please tell me. And none of it, none of it reaches her. She'll tell my youngest daughter, but none of it reaches her. So how do you do this with, you know, the Lord? How do you keep in relationship, good relationship with the Lord? when You've got this, you know, sort of chain on your ankle dragging you around, you know. And I love her, but I, I don't trust her. Well, you can't trust her because she's not behaving in a trustworthy way. Like, you know, so so even if she was offended, right, even if she was hurt by something you did, you know, the, the healthy thing to do is to communicate to you, okay, mom, I, I'm, I'm hurt by this, and here's what we need to do to, to address it. Now, you know, saying to you, um, you can't have a relationship with my sister who because she's divorced, that that's not a godly response. I mean, yeah, that, there's nothing healthy about that. I'm not sure what your, your other daughter's issues are with that. Um, and I'm sure it goes deeper than that, but but ultimately um, she has to resp- you know respond in a healthy way to whatever offense is going on here, and then there's there's there, that that's not happening. So, you know, um, in terms of how do you build a relationship, I mean, you you can keep the door open. You can let her know that look, I'm sorry that you're hurting, and at such point where you'd like to work on the, that hurt in a healthy way, I'm here for you. Um, in the meantime, I, I love you enough to give you the space that you're asking for, and that's really heartbreaking for a parent to do. Um, but it, you don't have any other option there, and I would really focus on building my relationship as much as I could with your other children, um, and and really being as, as in strong connection as a strong connection with them as possible. And that's not to cut the other daughter out and just build those relationships. That's letting her see that you do have a strong and loving relationship as a family, so that maybe as her heart softens, or it will help her heart soften, she can work her way back into that very loving, warm group that has worked so hard to be a good loving warm group but our job isn't to fix the relationship entirely on our own you know our job is to let people know that you know i'm available for that if if that's something that you want you know so for example even jesus when he had the rich young man come to him and say what can i do to be in closer relationship with god and jesus says sell all that you have give money to the poor and come and follow me and the rich young man goes away sad you know jesus didn't chase after him and say, well, and he didn't try to make the relationship happen all on his own and say, well, just sell 10%, we'll talk about the rest. 
you know, he, he told the guy what what needed to happen. And if the guy came back the next day and said, you know what, Lord, I, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't do it at first, but I thought about it, and this is the relationship I want, Jesus would have welcomed him back with open arms. But he, 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 he laid down what needed to happen in order for the relationship to exist in, on a deeper level and, and let the man choose. And unfortunately, we have to do the same thing, uh, even with our adult children. Um, we can say, I want to be in relationship with you. The door is open. And if you're hurt, if I've done anything to hurt you, I'm willing to work through that. Please tell me what it is and what it would take. Um, but then after that, we have to love that person enough to give them the space that they need. Thank you so much for the call, Linda. I'm sorry I don't have a better answer for you, but but we will add your family to our More to Life prayer list. And if there is more that we can do, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you more when we have a little more time. That's all the time we've got for today's program. And if you would like to learn more about how to heal broken trust, check out the resources we have for you at catholiccounselors.com, where you can also learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice. Check it out. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.